reading this morning is from Luke 24, beginning in verse 44. The Word of God says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We place ourselves underneath this authority. The law, the prophets, the gospels, all of them pointing to the story of Christ that we celebrate this morning and each day. I pray, Father, that you would give us the surety of the hope that we have in his return. As we celebrate his first coming, let us also, with expectant hope, look forward to the second coming. I pray that your spirit would be with us this morning, guiding our hearts and minds, guiding Pastor Adam as he would preach to us, and that we would be willing to receive of it. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Appreciation. 66 different books, forms of letters, scrolls, collections, writings, 
39 books of your Old Testament, 27 books of your New, over 40 different authors. And as we stop and think just for a moment, many of whom have never met. Again, the appreciation for its complexity and vastness. Written over 1,500 years, 1,500 years on dates, give or take, but consider the length of time. Forty different authors, many of whom have never met, written over 15 to 1,600 years. 39 books possessed in your Old Testament text, 27 books in the New Testament, that combined for 66 books of the canon that the people of God have recognized. Written in multiple countries and even continents. Three different languages. And then as you think of the cast of characters, who have carried on the writing of Holy Scripture by the power of the Holy Spirit, many by shepherds, kings, soldiers, princes, priests, scribes, historians, prophets, a physician, and a collection of witnesses. And yet, given this vast and immense diversity of forms, Authorship and location. Canon historian Michael Kruger notes this. He says, quote, The books were grouped together by God's people relatively early, with the Old Testament being settled and stable by the birth of Jesus at least. Amazing. Providential. He adds, And the New Testament gaining large agreement even before the end of the second century. You see, over 1,500 years of diversity in writing from men of industry, shepherds, kings, soldiers, princes, priests, scribes, historians, prophets, physicians, and a group of fishermen. Over 1,500 years of diversity in writing and in person revealed a divine quality God, again, gathering, even by the second century, to gather around a coalesce, a canon of New Testament documents, they recognize within it the divine qualities of excellency, power, efficacy, unity, harmony, and above all, a gloriously redemptive history. The people of God that gathered and committed to a canon of 27 books of the New Testament, the New Covenant literature, on efficacy. Think of Paul's words in Romans 10, 17. He says, so faith, guys, so faith comes from hearing. And you think, 
This is how faith is birthed in the heart, in the life, in the mind of an individual. Faith, the vessel that comes empty and is deposited in its soul-saving object, who is Christ the Lord. This faith comes from hearing, and it's hearing through what? The Word of Christ. People are being saved by the Holy Spirit. The people of God recognize the reading aloud of the letters there to find the quality of heaven. The reading of His Word. I mentioned just briefly at the beginning also a divine quality of harmony. Again, over 1,600 years of gathering the doctrine of election, 40 different prophets mentioned by every messenger. Over pages and pages, thousands of pages of literature, all second chapter Corinthians in chapter 1, verse 20, as I mentioned, for all the promises of God find their Religions and as Christians gather this holiday season, thinking again of the reason for the season, as has been said this morning, as we have read together, is in fact a phrase out of our catechism. When you compare it broadly to other world religions, Daniel Fuller in his book, quote, The Unity of the Bible, writes this He says, The Quran, for instance, is a miscellany of disjointed pieces. Again, whether you're arguing against it or not, apologize, you're simply considering the fact of it, the unity, the efficacy, the excellency, the power, and the harmony of Holy Scripture. Whereas the Quran, for instance, is a miscellany of disjointed pieces, out of which it is impossible to extract any order, progress, or arrangement. The 114 surahs, or chapters, of which it is composed, are simply arranged peacefully according to length. Longer in general, preceding the shorter. He goes on simply just to mention once again in the vastness and complexity and the beauty of Holy Scripture. It is not otherwise with the Zoroastrian and the Buddhist Scriptures. These are equally destitute of beginning, middle, or end. They are, for the most part, collections. Why do I draw your attention to the unity of Scripture as our theme? The answer that I would provide is because it strengthens. I, I, I truly do believe if we meditate on the beauty and the vastness, the complexity and the harmony of Scripture, it will strengthen our joy of Advent. To remember that Christ's birth, which is Think of it, you realize that Christ's birth is not a secondary act in human history, but is rather, according to the testimony of Holy Scripture, a fulfillment of God's one, holy, immutable, and perfect plan. As Paul, again, the Apostle, reminds us, he says, because that is how God works. 
We are to understand God's work in time. We will recognize this in Ephesians 1. He works all things, every single thing, according to the counsel of His will. Further, as we read to you at the very beginning, as we think of the unity of God's purpose that He has over 2,000 years of history, it is our Lord who in Luke 24 and 44 says to His disciples, and says to each of you, Too little to be a 
money, the plans that you built. Twenty leaves shall come forth from the root, one who is to be ruler of Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until time and he who is in labor has given birth. Then what
hundreds of years between Thomas and Luke and Thomas' death. And yet people have died just like Peter in the Book of Mark. But the promises of God have come to pass. And the miracles of the virgin birth that we, the Christian church, continue to celebrate these days and years from now, this union as laid out here between the Old and New Covenant is a key component of God's plan. Hundreds of years earlier through the Old Testament The Advent is the story of God's plan and Finally, the third prophecy concerning the birth of Christ is the prophecy from place of birth and the manner of birth to the family of his birth. Take a time to explain that. I'll read the text for you. You're probably familiar with the passage. When you think of the Davidic covenant and God's promise to the house of David, you think of 2 Samuel 7. This is where, once again, we go to our Old Testament text that we heard earlier. This text, the entirety of the Old Testament canon, was comprised, certainly, at least, by the birth of Christ. It's a text that the people of God relied on. they heard that Christ was going to be born in the house of David. They didn't wonder where that would come from. They knew it's coming from the Messiah. Also, 2 Samuel, verse 7 and 13. I'll read it for you, and this is our last portion. The family of his birth, a promise to the house of David. God, speaking forward, here's the covenant made to David. I will raise up your offspring after you. I will raise up offspring after you who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom for how long? Forever. I will be to him a father. Recording the petition read in Luke chapter 1, verse 31 through 33. The gospel writes, And behold, this is Gabriel speaking. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, remember that God saying, David, I will establish his kingdom. And then the question would be for how long? And the answer is forever. And Gabriel announced he will reign over the house of
Thank you. 